This is Coffee with Cascade, a podcast by Oregonians for Oregonians on issues that matter. Hosted by Cascade Policy Institute. Hello and welcome to Coffee with Cascade. My name is Micah Perry and I'm a Program Assistant for External Affairs at Cascade Policy Institute. Today I'll be interviewing John Charles, Cascade's President and CEO, about the history of the Elliott State Forest. So as the 2022 legislative session has progressed, one bill that's gotten a lot of news coverage is Senate Bill 1546, which will turn the Elliott State Forest into the Elliott State Research Forest. And the bill has been hailed as a grand compromise between environmentalists, loggers, and the state. Uh, But many Oregonians don't know the full story of the Elliott State Forest and how we got to this point. Thankfully, John has been studying this issue for 25 years, and so he's agreed to come on today and answer some of our questions. So, John, just to start, what is the Elliott State Forest? Where is it located? Why was it established? And how was it established? Well, the Elliott is located in Coos and Douglas counties. It is Oregon's first state forest. The deeds were acquired for it in 1929-1930, and most of the land inside the Elliott, which is about 91,000 acres, is dedicated as part of Oregon's common school trust land. Now, what are common school trust lands? In most Western states, as they joined the Union, they received federal lands in uh, every part of the state to create an endowment to help pay for what were called common schools, what we think of now as K-12 public schools. So Oregon became a state in 1859, and did receive lands in all parts of the state from the federal government as part of the Common School Trust land portfolio. And then the Elliott State Forest added to that in roughly 1930. And most of those lands in the Elliott are, in fact, reserved to uh, produce maximum net revenue in a sustainable fashion over the long term for the benefit of public schools. Mechanically, how that happens is that as profits are made from timber harvest, the money is transferred to an endowment fund known as the Common School Fund, and that is managed the way a typical pension fund is managed. Money is put into stocks, bonds, and other financial instruments, and twice a year, checks are cut, and money is paid out to every public school district in Oregon, and that's just a... uh, Christmas comes early moment for those schools. It's pure general fund cash that just comes in from this common school fund that allows them to do what they're doing, do it better, and with no strings attached. So the Elliott State Forest has produced close to $300 million for public schools since roughly the mid-1950s. But since about 2013, it has been losing money. In fact, for the last four years, it has been losing no timber has been harvested at all. It's costing schools about $1.4 million. And these losses are due to environmental lawsuits that the managers of the Elliott, which is uh, the state land board, the state land board is run by the governor, the treasurer, and the secretary of state. They have chosen to simply stop harvesting timber on the Elliott. 
To clarify, that's in response to the lawsuits from environmental groups? Yes. That, that's not the response that they needed to have. They could have continued to cut timber in compliance with the Endangered Species Act and all other applicable laws, as private timber operators successfully do. They also could have sold it, which they sought to do, and even had a cash offer from a private party in 2016 for $220.8 million, which was their appraised value, and there was cash on the barrel, and they could have taken the cash and walked away from the problem. But then they reneged on the offer, didn't accept it, and now they own a liability. The common school fund lands, uh, they're held in trust by the state, from what I understand. And the state land board is the trustee. Since those lands are now losing money because they're refusing to cut timber, isn't that a breach of fiduciary trust, of, of their fiduciary responsibility to the children of the state? It certainly appears to be breached to me. The Elliott is the most egregious example, but the common school trust land portfolio includes about 1.5 million acres of ag land, grazing land, mineral resources, timber resources, and some commercial and residential properties all over the state. And for the last three years, the land board has been losing money on those lands. They're supposed to be an asset for schools. They, under the mismanagement of the land board, they become a liability. So in my view, if they can't figure out a way to make money, then they should sell them all off and put the money into the Common School Fund, where it has been managed very successfully by the Oregon Investment Council through traditional mechanisms such as stocks, bonds, private equity. So the Elliott is the most contentious of these distressed assets, and the land board temporarily had a solution to sell it until Tobias Reed changed his mind, voting yes the first time to sell it, and then two months later voting no. And that was in 2017? Yeah, at his very first meeting when he became treasurer, he and Dennis Richardson also, at his first meeting, they recognized that the land board had solicited bids to sell the forest. They had one properly vetted bid. It was from Lone Rock Timber Company and a consortium of others, and it would have taken the problem off the hands of the land board put $220.8 million directly into the common school fund where it would have made quite a bit of money for schools since that time. Tobias then changed his mind in May of 2017, voted against Dennis Richardson and with Governor Brown, two to one, to renege on the deal. And ever since then, the Elliott has lost money because they refused to cut any timber. But there are costs to owning and managing timber, and so we lose about $1.4 million a year just to own it. Wow, that's a lot of money. So it seemed like a pretty good deal in 2017, this $220 million offer. What do you think was behind the change of heart from Tobias Reed? What do you think happened? Well, he couldn't take the heat from the environmental groups. He just melted down. His nice little speech in February of 2017, 17 about his fiduciary obligation to make money for schools and that they had solicited 
an offer from the private sector, an offer in good faith was made, and he felt it was incumbent on the board to accept the offer. That was a good speech. I sent him a note congratulating him on doing what a state treasurer should do, is to understand and act on fiduciary trust. But in May of 2017, he changed his mind on all that, became just another politician, and so we've had this, this problem. And keep in mind, <clears throat> the 220.8, that's a lowball uh, offer. The sale protocol of the board set up in 2015 was so weird that if you offered $1 more than 220.8, they would have rejected your offer. Hmm. Now, try and imagine running a school fundraising auction that way. You tell people, we don't want your stinking money. Here's the price. Give us the price or go away and leave us alone. It's just dumb. That forest was valued 25 years ago at roughly $850 million. It grows by about 80 million board feet of timber per year just by growth of trees. It should be worth now in a pure worldwide auction, no strings attached, probably Upwards of half a billion dollars and probably a billion dollars or more. Who would really know until you test the market? But even under the constraints of the land board, they could have had $220.8 million cash and they wouldn't have this controversy today. Mm -hmm. So once they decided not to sell the property, the state land board began looking into creating a research forest. I think that might have been Tobias Reed's idea. And Oregon State University was offered the chance to take over ownership of the forest and operate it. And for a while, OSU considered the proposal, but then I believe it was in September of 2021, the university announced that it wouldn't take ownership of the forest. If the forest is such a valuable asset, why do you think Oregon State turned, turned it down? Why do you think they didn't move forward with taking ownership of it as a research forest? Well, in May of 2017, when... Tobias Reed announced that he was changing his mind, and I was in the room for that meeting. In order to sort of save face, he schemed up this idea of voiding the sale with Lone Rock Timber and transferring ownership to the Oregon State University as if this is something they really wanted. And he had their top administrators show up at the meeting and in a forced kind of way, express excitement over this. Although when asked by some legislators if this would change their list of things they were seeking from the legislature for other university priorities, the OSU president was very quick to make, make sure that, no, 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 we, we still want all these other things from the legislature, but we'd like this for us too. And so they voided their sale and then set up an advisory committee to vet this proposal, okay, if we're going to transfer it to Oregon State University for research, what does that mean? What kind of research? Who's going to own and operate it? How will it be funded? And the university spent close to three years on its own due diligence as part of that process. And in September, they announced <clears throat> wisely, I think, that they were no longer seeking ownership because they could foresee losing money on it. The plan was it would be self-supporting through timber revenues. It would not go back to the legislature every two years for money. But they have a university to run. They did not want to see other programs put at risk. And since the land board itself hadn't been managing to lose money for years on it, 
uh, is certainly plausible from the standpoint of OSU that if they took ownership, then that, they would be inheriting the problem. So they backed out, and then they have ginned up, that is, the land board and people who work for the land board and the advisory group, ginned up Senate Bill 1546, now in play, that would create something new called the Elliott State Research Forest Authority. And OSU would be happy to participate and manage it, but definitely not be responsible for the losses. In fact, nobody would be responsible for ongoing losses. They would just come back to the legislature for money every two years, although they mm-hmm. say they won't do that. Yeah. So taxpayers would Taxpayers, are, there are always the ones on the hook for dumb ideas. Mm-hmm. Do you think the new bill will change much? The Oregonian editorial board had even called this bill a big win for Oregon. And so do you think it'll change much? And would you agree with that assessment that it's a big win for the whole state? Well, I guess it's a big win if you define win as a loss. It will create this entity. There will be nothing to backstop the entity financially. So the Oregon State taxpayers will pay money for research that nobody particularly needs or wants. There will still be controversy over cutting the environmental advocates who have been suing and suing and suing under the Endangered Species Act to prevent timber harvesting there will continue to do that. If not them, then their surrogates elsewhere. And part of this process that's very difficult to understand is that there is still a responsibility under law for the land board to use the LA State Forest as an asset to raise money for schools. The governor already knows this, and in 2017, she persuaded the legislature to go to Wall Street, sell bonds of $100 million, place $100 million into the common school fund for them to invest and to, in essence, decouple part of the LA State Forest from its responsibility to make money for schools. So $100, $100 million was a down payment which got them some unknown part of the forest relieved of its obligation. But you borrow money from Wall Street. The debt service on that happens to be $149 million paid by who? Taxpayers. Every two years, the legislature appropriates money for debt service. Well, there are about 560,000 public school children in the state. Their parents, presumably, most of them, pay taxes. They're now paying the debt service on the bonds. So you've given them money in one pocket, $100 million placed into the common school fund, and then on the other pocket, you're subtracting debt service for $149 million. That's not my idea of fiduciary trust. That's the opposite of fiduciary trust. Under Senate Bill 1546, they hope that the legislature will appropriate another $120.8 million to do the same thing, more of a financial scam. But... The $220.8 million was a valuation, part of a sale protocol in 2016 that became voided in May of 2017. Another valuation is already underway. So at a minimum, what I have said to the legislature is, until you know what the current value of the forest is worth, which we won't know until maybe June, why would you agree to this bill in February to place some unknown risk onto the legislature and taxpayers to sell bonds to buy out a forest, which, by the way, we already own. 
So we're essentially buying the forest from ourselves. Is yes. what you're saying. Taxpayers yes. are buying it from themselves. <clears throat> so it's designed to be very confusing and as opaque as possible to confuse taxpayers and especially taxpayers who are parents of school children or are teachers or school board members, all of whom would you might consider to be, in a legal sense, beneficiaries of the common school fund. All you're doing is giving them potentially $220 million of money into the common school fund from a bond sale while you then take from them a much larger amount of money to pay off bond debt. It's circular, it's illogical, and arguably illegal. And my view is the legislature should reject this bill and tell Shamia Fagan, Tobias Reed, and Kate Brown at their next meeting to just start doing their job and manage the LA Safe Forest for maximum revenue over the long term, exactly as they are required to do under the Oregon Constitution. Well, it's hard to disagree with that. They find it very easy to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) John, if there are listeners out there who want to get involved on this issue, what are some things that they can do to help prevent this bill from being passed? Senate Bill 1546 is up for a work session February 23rd at 8 a.m. in the Ways and Means Subcommittee on Natural Resources of the Legislature. And anyone who's interested in this can read the bill, check on the website, can communicate with them, watch them virtually as they decide this and can weigh in uh, their opinion about um, this scheme or scam to buy the forest from ourselves. Great. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom today. And to all those listening out there, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.